All right, what a wonderful song. If you have your Bibles tonight, First Thessalonians chapter number one, we'll kind of, didn't really attend this to kind of be a series, just, just a brief, this is the third message uh, along this thought, and, and I believe there will be another one uh, coming, and uh, then we'll probably be done, okay? First Thessalonians, just really fast there, First Thessalonians chapter Number one, if you found your place already, why don't we go ahead and stand first? First Thessalonians chapter number one. And we'll just go right to the text tonight, verse seven. So that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and a cherub. We're just kind of using this for our text. Uh, Paul writing to a church that he had started there, the church at Thessalonica on his second missionary journey. We don't know exactly how long Paul was there, but he writes to them and he says, you know, you are, you're setting a great example uh, to the believers in that area and in other areas. And so uh, that is a wonderful thing that you and I uh, are to be good examples to others. And, uh, but we started looking for some good examples in the Bible. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, some other uh, examples. Go to 1 Corinthians, and I just kind of read you this, just kind of giving the setting for the thought uh, in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and they're talking about the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. And uh, that experience that they went through in those 40 years uh, in, the, in the wilderness and making of the golden calf and all of that uh, is an example for you and I. First uh, Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 6. Now these things were our examples to the intent uh, we should not lust after evil things as they uh, also lusted. And then verse 11. Now all these things happen unto them for what? For examples, and, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. And so that kind of just got my attention. So we just kind of started looking for some examples in the Bible in some different areas. Our Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for loving us. And I know that in this room, as always, there's a lot of needs. And, and uh, God, I just uh, commit these to you. And uh, Father, we just pray now in these next moments, Father, that you would help us and speak to us. And uh, Father, we'll thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, we do pray and ask it all. Amen. You may be seated. And uh, we kind of really started with uh, Abraham, if you will remember there in Romans chapter number four, that Abraham was a great example of faith. You remember that? And a great example of faith. And, uh, and then we looked uh, at Job. Uh, Job was a great example of suffering and patience. I want to be clear about that. It's just not uh, that Job was suffered, and, and he did a lot, but he was patient. That's the, that's the pattern. That's the, that's the lesson. That's the copy that you and I uh, need to get a hold of, that when we're in you know, tribulation trials, the patience that we need. And so we, we saw that. And then Paul, I love that, uh, that Paul was a great example of conversion. And uh, Paul, uh, the Holy Spirit holds Paul out and says, look at this person. Look at, look at this uh, pattern. Look at this copy. Look at this example. If, if, uh, if Jesus Christ could save him, he would save anybody. Paul said he was a chief of sinners. And, and uh, Paul said, hey, he was a pattern. 
uh, for others that would believe. And, uh, and, and so what a wonderful thought. Very encouraging there. If you have family members you've been praying for that are lost and, and they're just, uh, you know, man, I don't think they're going to get saved, preacher. If God saved Paul the apostle who was a religious man, and uh, God could save your family and your loved ones as well. And, and so we, uh, we looked at that. Now let's go to 1 Peter, to, our first Peter, yes, uh, chapter 2 tonight. And we'll look at our fourth example. We looked at Abraham, we looked at Job, and we looked at Paul. And now, let's just go to the top. I said, let's just go to the top, okay? And uh, look at 1 Peter, chapter number 2. And uh, uh, the great example of all, uh, 1 Peter, chapter 2, and look at verse 21. For even hereunto will you call... Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us, notice that, leaving us an example that you should follow whose steps? His steps. So there's no greater example for us uh, as Christians than the Lord Jesus Christ. In every area, in all areas, amen, we could have just used Jesus for all of them, and, uh, but uh, these that I mentioned, Abraham, Job and uh, Paul are specifically mentioned in the scriptures as examples in these particular areas. And now we see in our text tonight in 1 Peter chapter 2 that the Lord Jesus Christ is a great example. Now I'm going to give you this thought and then we'll give you some points, okay? Jesus is a great example of living the Christian life. Amen. And he's, he's, he's the ultimate example of living the Christian life. Matter of fact, in Acts chapter 11, uh, the disciples uh, began to be called Christians, okay? And uh, why? Because they were like Christ. And so, let me just first of all give you the first thought tonight, the pattern that he said. If you want to uh, outline this, the pattern that he set. You say, what pattern did he set? Just fill in the blank. <laughs> Just fill in the blank. In, in every area, in every area, he set the example. Well, let me just give you a few. Some of these I won't have you to turn, but I, I think I'll give you this one. Go to Isaiah chapter number 50 quickly tonight. Uh, the book of Isaiah uh, chapter 50. I got another message coming behind this one most likely on how Christ set this example. Okay, that, that'll probably be coming. And uh, it's this really interesting thought. But anyway, look at uh, the book of uh, Isaiah, uh, chapter 50, and look at verse number 4, okay? The book of Isaiah, chapter 50, and, and verse 4. Very interesting verse here. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth my ear to hear as the Lord. That verse is talking about Christ. And uh, he, he wakeneth mine ear to hear as the Lord. Very interesting. Uh, go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And I want to give you this verse. Luke 2 and then verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom. Did you see that? Luke 2:52 And Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God 
And man, now the interesting, I don't, I, I really, I can understand the statue part. But that he increased in wisdom, that make you toss and turn a little bit and think. And you say, how could Jesus increase in wisdom when he had all wisdom? Okay, and he did have all wisdom. So how can he increase in wisdom if he has all wisdom, okay? And uh, because as God, Jesus knew everything. He had all wisdom. But Jesus was not only God, Jesus was man. And so as man, he grew in wisdom and in statue. In Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4, though he was the word, he learned the word. You say, preacher, that kind of preaching, it just kind of confused me. Well, don't get all confused. Don't let it lose no sleep about it. Uh, just settle it this way. The Bible says it, and so it's true. Uh, he, he's God, and he's man. As man, he knew everything. As, as, as God, he knew everything. And as man, he, he grew. Very interesting, okay? And, uh, but he set the pattern when it came to the Word of God. He set the pattern when it comes to prayer. And uh, matter of fact, you don't need to turn. In Luke chapter 11, and it came to pass that as he was praying uh, in, in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, Jesus set the pattern in prayer. He set the pattern in forgiveness. You want to talk about doing wrong and how somebody done you so wrong? Nobody's ever lived or ever live would be done as wrong as Jesus Christ. Amen. And he said, Father, forgive them, uh, for they know not what they do. He set the pattern there. And, and then uh, in, in Luke chapter 14 and in verse number 16, the Bible says, and, it, and he came to Nazareth when he had been brought up, as he had been brought up, as his custom was, he went into the sanctuary uh, on the side. He set the pattern of, of attending church. Uh, he set the pattern in work. Work for the night cometh uh, when no man can work. Uh, he set the pattern when it comes to suffering. We see that in our text in 1 Peter chapter 2. He set the pattern in soul winning. In John chapter 4, he was weary and still took him out to, to witness to the lady at the well. And we see all these great examples of Jesus in his life. In, in every area... Watch this. In every area of the Christian life, Jesus set the right example. So there's the, the pattern that he set, okay? So I just wanted you to see that. And then there's the position that he took. There's the position that he took. The pattern that he set, and then the position uh, that he took. And I do want you to see this one in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. There was the pattern that he set in, in all the errors of the Christian life. You say, preacher, uh, uh, man, I read this good book on prayer. And I've read a lot of books on prayer, but none is better than Jesus. Amen. Preacher, I went to this uh, conference and tried to learn how to witness. Nobody was a better witness than Jesus. Uh, preacher, well, I read this great book on you know, forgiving others. I'm glad you read it. Uh, nobody set a better example of forgiving others than Jesus. Uh, preacher, man, I, I've been challenged to get in the Bible. Nobody set a better example when it comes to God's Word than Jesus. Do you see all that? And uh, look here in Philippians chapter number 2 tonight. The book of Philippians chapter 2. And uh, So there's the pattern that he set. And then there's the position that he took. 
and uh, Jesus Christ, God in flesh. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, the Bible says, and, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What's the, what's the uh, position? He took the position of a servant. He took the position. I don't mind titles. You call me pastor, and I, I don't have a problem with that. Every now and then, uh, we'll have somebody join the church, or you know, maybe they get saved and grow, and, and they'll say, uh, I've had this, not a lot, but occasionally somebody say, well, what do you like to be called? I say, to dinner. And uh, you'll catch that tomorrow, right? And uh, uh, what do you like to be? I said, pastor is fine. I like pastor. Brother Carr is fine. And, and uh, you know, it's just, uh, that's fine. And, and uh, I, I don't have anything against titles. Not against them. Pastor, president, king. You know, I'm not against them. But uh, here, here's a title for you. Servant. And that's what we all ought to be that are Christians. Well, what do you do at the church? I'm a servant. I thought you was the youth pastor. I, I thought you was the bus director. I thought, no, I'm, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. That ought to be the position that we all take. Not against titles, and, and, and churches have them, we have them, and, you know, nursery director, are you director? Not, not against that, but here's a good one servant. Servant. Just a servant. Of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus was. That's the position he took. And uh, if it's good enough for him, it ought to be good enough for me. Okay? And, uh, and I want to read from Mark tonight, chapter number 10. Uh, we see uh, uh, when Moses died, it said, Mo Moses, God said to, jo uh, to Joshua, Moses, watch this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses was a servant of God. Amen. Uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, said James, the servant. Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. You can just go through it and you see that a lot of these apostles, okay, uh, they, they uh, oftentimes would put uh, an introduction to their letter, to their epistle, they would say, a, Paul, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Elevating the position of servant because they got it. They realized there's not a greater position than being a servant. You know, it's just not a greater position. I'm talking about the example that, that if Jesus uh, joined this church, I can tell you what kind of member he would make. It's not a doubt in my mind. He'd be the best member we had. You agree with that? And uh, he'd make you nervous preaching. All right, I guarantee you, he'd probably make you nervous preaching. Ah, right, he'd probably amen you. You with me tonight? But I tell you what he'd do. He'd be the first to volunteer. Yes, sir. He'd be, he'd be, he'd be going around the church just being a servant. I'm telling you, that, that's, uh, that's what he would do. And uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. You know the disciples have flesh just like you and I have flesh. Men that we, and we should, you know, we look up to and we think about the 12 apostles and how God used them and how they turned the world upside down and uh, all of them besides John that was put on the Isle of Patmos and Judas were died a martyr's death and, and uh, they gave literally their life for Jesus Christ. But they were human. They were human beings just like you and I. 
In, uh, in Mark 10, verse 35, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, uh, come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us uh, whatsoever we shall desire. Now, people want to argue about, you know, the disciples, were they Baptists? Meth Ain't a doubt these guys were Baptists. Ain't a doubt about it, man. You, it's Baptists all in them. Uh, we want you to do for us what, whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, what would ye that I should do for you? They said unto him, grant unto us uh, that we may set one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand in thy glory. That's a Baptist. Independent Baptist, by the way. In verse 38, but Jesus said unto them, you know not what ye ask. Can you drink of the cup that I drank of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, we can. And Jesus said unto them, you shall indeed drink of the cup that I drank of and, and, uh, and with the baptism that I am baptized uh, with all shall you be baptized. He's talking about his suffering there, okay. And, uh, but to set on uh, uh, my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but, to, uh, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. And, and when the ten heard it, they begin to be much displeased with uh, James and John. Now, the reason I think they got displeased because they didn't think about that to ask themselves. They think, man, you know, and so they're upset because they asked for that position that sat on the Lord's left hand and on his right hand to be elevated, okay? They wanted that position. Now, watch this. But Jesus called them to him and said unto them, you, you know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto two, but to minister. That's why I believe he would be serving in the church. He didn't come to be ministered to. He would be serving others. And to give his life a, a ransom uh, for uh, uh, many. And so we see the position that he took. The word servant means a person who voluntarily serves another. The word servant means one who yields obedience to another. Hey, we ought to, we ought to just volunteer to be servants of Jesus Christ. Just volunteer. And then number three, there's the problems... Uh, that a that this position of taking uh, this position of a servant. Here's my here's my message. Christ set the example for the Christian life, and and so in setting that example, he set the example by taking the position of a servant. Do you see that? He took that position uh, as a servant. Now, what does this do? When a person yields to Christ and takes that position that, you know, I, I want to I wanna be a servant, okay, uh, then pride uh, is not uh, first. It, it, you know, this thing when you take the position of, uh, 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 of a servant, uh, pride kind of gets put down. Do you see that? Uh, when you take the position of being a servant, this kind of helps with envy and jealousy. 
because you're taking this position. Uh, this begins to help uh, uh, with arguments. This, this thing when a person yields and volunteers and, and, and they want to be a servant of Jesus Christ, this thing begins to solve a lot of problems. But the S.M. Davis, who has a tremendous ministry on solving family problems, that's the title of the ministry. Solvingfamilyproblems.com. Tremendous. He's been here many times. I love him in the Lord. I think he's just a tremendous man of God. And God has used him in a mighty way across America and, and helping thousands of people with problems. Problems in their marriage. Problems in their life when their children and just tremendous insight that God has given him. Now, I didn't get this thought from him, but this is this Pastor Carr, okay? I'm telling you, what would solve a lot of problems in a lot of marriages? If you had a wife not competing in, for the position to try to be over her husband, but to, uh, to uh, take the position of, hey, you know what? I want to be a good servant to my husband. Well, you ladies are looking at me funny. Well, wait a minute, before you junk the thought, I think a man ought to take the same position of how can I be a servant to my wife. And so, yeah, I mean, you think about the competition there. You know, here's a, here's a, here's a husband who's taking a position. I want to I be a servant to my wife. Here, here is a wife who says, I want to be a servant to my, uh, my husband. Here is the teenager saying, I want to be a servant to my parents. And, and how can I be a blessing? Imagine what that would do in the home. Mom, can I help with the dishes? Fred Sanford. What's her name? I'm coming home. It's been a long time, okay? Are you women tonight? See, I, I know this stuff sounds a little corny to you. Uh, maybe that's not the right word. But, but in, in a marriage, this would fix a lot of problems. Just taking that position. I just want to be a servant. Hey, it, it would solve nearly all the problems in the church. But at any problem that would pop up, when, when somebody's willing to take the position uh, of being a, a servant, it just fixes a lot of problems in the church. It, it deals with the pride. It deals with the envy. It deals with the jealousy. Uh, why? Because it, when a person is willing to take that position, that is showing humility. And a lot of our problems is our pride. And when a person's willing to humble himself and take this position of being a servant, it just fixes a lot of things. Now think about this. Man sins in the garden. Man's fellowship is broken with God. God wants to fix this because he loves man. And he sends his son to the earth. And he comes a servant. It didn't come as a cocky, you know, rich, uh, uh, good-looking Hollywood star. No, there was no beauty outwardly about Christ that was attractive, but he came to this earth and took the position of a servant and fixed the problem. Amen. You see that? I'm just telling you, it would just fix so many problems if we just had this in our heart and say, hey, I just want to take this position. And then number four, quickly tonight, there's the promises that you can claim. The promises for the servants, okay? And there's a lot of promises. I'll just give them to you quickly tonight. In Matthew chapter number 19, there's the promises in Matthew chapter number 19, the disciples, uh, uh, here is Peter. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and follow thee. What shall we have therefore? 
Lord, we, we, we left everything. We, we were fishermen, some of us were, and, you know, we was working with our, our dad, and, and you called us, and we walked away from our career. We walked away from all of that to, to, to be a servant for you. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. I, I don't know if I understand all of that, but I understand this. They're going to be rewarded pretty good. So there's the promise of reward. There's the promise of his presence. When he commanded them to go into all the world and, and preach the gospel, he gave them a promise, Lord, I'm with you always until the end of the world. And then there's the promise of his power. You should be endured with power. Uh, after that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And so there's some promises you can claim when you're willing to take the position of his servant. Still with me tonight? Go to John 13, and I'll close with this. John chapter 13, we th we're just talking about this great example that Christ set for us to follow. The pattern that he set, he set this pattern in every area. The position that he took, the problems that he solved, the promises that you can claim. But I love John 13, the picture that he gave. The picture that he gave. Look in John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Watch this tonight. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world and to the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father hath given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel uh, wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, doest thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said uh, unto him, uh, What I do thou knowest not now, but what thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Don't you, you got to love Peter. He's always messing up. I and you got to love him. Sticking his foot in his mouth. You ain't going to wash my feet. You ain't washing my feet. And, and Jesus said, well, I have no part in you. And he said, all right. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Now, I'm fixing to give you a truth that's in this. A lot of people miss about eternal security, that people that believe you can lose your salvation, this is one of the greatest examples in all the Bible that once you get saved, God gives you eternal life. People that struggle with believing that, this is it right here, buddy. I mean, that you, I mean, this is so clear, it is unbelievable. Now watch this. Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. You are clean, but not all. Okay, so what Jesus tells Peter, Peter, you don't need to have to be washed all over again. You just need to keep your feet clean. Oh, you don't have to be saved, Peter, all over again and all over again. You just need to keep in fellowship with me. 
That's what, now there's many lessons in, in the feet washing here, but that is one of the great lessons here. And a lot of people miss that. They never emphasize that. Peter, I just need to wash your feet. I don't need to wash you all over again. You see that? You've got to be able to see that. That is so clear. And uh, uh, look at verse 11. For he knew uh, who should betray him. Uh, therefore said he, you're not all clean. Okay, that's Judas. He never did get saved. Preacher preaching already. These guys that believe once saved, always saved. He was just a preacher. How about Judas Iscariot? He was a disciple and he died and went to hell. I couldn't jump through the radio, but I wanted to. And, and scream at him and say, sir, he was never saved to start with. John chapter 6, Jesus knew from the beginning who would betray him. He knew from the beginning he was of the devil. He didn't get it and lose it. He never had it. He never got it. Now watch this. Verse 12, so after he had washed their feet, he had taken his garments and was set down again. He said to them, know you what I've done to you. So he gets done washing their feet. He, he you know, gets towel, sits back down. He looks at him and says, do you understand what just happened do you understand what just happened? Now watch this. Verse 13, you call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and master have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Watch verse 15. Here it is. For I have given you what? An example that you should do as I have done to you. Let's keep reading. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. There is a lot, I think, that Christ uh, taught here. And, and I know a few of you are for the feet washing. And I, I don't have a problem if you, if you, if you do that or if our church does that. Uh, we just don't see it as an ordinance. But I'm not anti-feet washing. I think there's a great lesson to learn here. But one of the great lessons to learn here is about being a servant. Jesus gets done washing their feet. And he kind of looks at him and says, uh, you understand what we just did here? And, and, and paraphrasing what he said, I mean, I am God and flesh and have washed your feet. Watch it. Let me read it again because you, you're looking at me funny. Look at verse uh, 16. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. I'm the, he's the Lord. But he took the position of being a servant. Did you see that? The picture that he gave when, the, and when he did the feet washing was, hey, uh, the example that we're to humble ourselves one to another. The Bible says it this way, to be clothed with humility. Yeah. Being a servant to each other. Notice this. Example in serving one another. Could you imagine having a church full of people or a home full of people where, where they have the spirit of being a servant? That is, that is the spirit of Christ. We talk about the spirit of Christ is a spirit of humility, not a pride, but being a servant. That is a great example that Christ set for us. Being God in the flesh... 
humbled himself and served the disciples. Now how we ought to serve one another. But watch this. Verse 17. If you know these things, happy are ye if what? You know, knowing the Bible is not enough is when you put it to practice. And people who are not willing to take the position of being a servant and are swelled up with pride, are you with me tonight? And selfishness are some of the most unhappy people in all the earth. But people who are willing to take the position of being a servant and, and serving others and not wanting to be served, Jesus came not to be ministered to, but to minister to others. You find them as some of the happiest people on the planet. But we have a world today that are so miserable. Are you women tonight? That, that are so miserable, they're so unhappy, and they got money, they got cars, they got houses, and they, and they got all of this stuff, and they're miserable up to here. Because happy are ye if you do these things. You see that tonight? Taking this position of being a servant. Question tonight. Do you want to be a servant or do you want to be served? Do you want to be a servant or do you want to be served? Jesus set the example of the Christian life by being willing to serve others. He said, well, I didn't see him do a whole lot of serving. You missed the New Testament. Because everywhere he went from the time he got up until oftentimes even at late at night, everywhere he went, he was either healing somebody or he was feeding somebody. He was helping somebody his whole life. He went about doing good. He was being pulled on from every direction to come and help me. Come and help me. Come and help my mama. Come and help my daddy. Come and help my daughter. Come, come help my son. And, and I mean, everywhere he went, he was serving and helping others. See, when you have the spirit, you're waiting back. Well, nobody around this church does anything for me. Nobody's doing nothing for me. Well, you can do a whole lot for others. There's no limit there. And when you take the position of waiting to be served versus taking the position of serving, you're going to be, have a miserable life. You're going to have a miserable marriage. And you're going to have a miserable life because you're taking the position you want to be served instead of serving. Jesus said it this way. It's better to give than to receive. Right? You agree with that? Let's take up a love offering tonight. You'd much rather... Be putting $10 in the offering plate to help somebody else versus needing the $10 to help you. Wouldn't you rather be on the other side of that? Putting $10 in the plate, sitting out there. Man, I hope they get a good offering. The preacher just took up a special offering for hope we can pay the light bill tomorrow. It's better to give than to receive. Same Bible principle when it comes to your life. When people have a humble spirit and they're serving others and trying to help others, are some of the happiest people on the planet. People who are hoarded and keeping everything to themselves and living for themselves are some of the most miserable people on the planet. No matter how much stuff they have, they never have enough. No matter how many places they go, no matter what they experience, the servants are the happiest people.
Say it with me tonight. Jesus set the example. He took that position. What an example. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed tonight.